counted these next, these next um, what was last week, four Wednesday nights. Uh, I wanted them recorded and also put out on iTunes and Stitcher. We, we don't always uh, do that. Um, typically, we haven't. So, um, But I think this is an important thing. It's an important thing to talk about, and, and those members of our church um, that aren't here to hear um, you know what we are what we are saying and, and the new direction that we're looking at for Wednesday nights. I, I want them to have the opportunity to um, to hear this. And so we started talking last Wednesday night on this four week talk about prayer first or pray first. Um, this very important. These are very important words. Pray first. Um, our print guy, our, our prayer journals, our prayer guides and prayer journals are at the printers right now, and um, it's a it's about a forty page little booklet that that we're going to give you guys. And pray first is the title of that prayer journal, and, and pray first will become very instrumental in, um, in in what we're attempting to do here at the church when it comes to corporate prayer. Um, you know, as, as we mentioned last week, uh, it's more than a teaching series. Really, it's an initiative. Pray first is an initiative that we are that we are doing in our church. We are examining the question: What is God speaking to us about that we need to start doing? All right. And I know probably, I mean, every church, every pastor that's trying to take the church to the next level um, is hopefully a- asking that same question. And we realize that, that we do a lot of great things here. You know, we love our Next Steps program, and I, I think we're, we're doing that um, fairly well. I mean, we're revamping, of course, um, uh, doing it better. We're striving to do it better. But, but, hey, we're doing it. It's not something that we need to start doing. We're, we're already doing that. Um, encouraging people with our vision to love God, connect with others, and serve with excellence. Encouraging people to be a part of the dream team. A big part of the Grow Network and Grow Initiative, and and um, we've um, we've got areas of improvement in that certainly, but it's not something that we need to start doing. That's something that we need to um, improve upon. And I mean, I think that you can look around the church and, and say that about about many areas of the church. I mean, I st- <laughs> I, I stepped out there uh, a while ago uh, with that with that passel of young people that we have, I don't think anybody would say that we're just trying to start a youth ministry around here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's, it, I, I would say that, you know, I'm guessing there's at least probably a hundred and some odd young people out there tonight. Um, I mean, honestly, I was, I, I was staggered at the amount of young people and children we had on our stage Sunday. You know, I, I had to kind of look at that picture again. That was when several of you took photos to put them on Facebook. I was looking at all your pictures going, man, that's a really big group of young people and kids. And, and, and so I don't think we need to, I think we're not looking at starting a children's program or a youth program. Um, we're improving. So what do we need to start doing? And it, it was the big question for us. And for us, we felt like very deeply that to develop a culture of prayer in our church, which is corporate prayer, to develop a culture 
of prayer for us as a body. That if we could, if we could take time together every week to focus on praying for our church, for our nation, for prayer cards that come in, and we're changing that as well. Um, in the beginning of September, um, we're going to have family connection cards in order for us to be able to um, track better who, who was here and how many exactly were here. Um, we're not asking if, you've, if you are a, a consistent attender, then of course you would fill the card out the first time to make sure that we have all of your uh, correct information. And then beyond that, you would just put your name and how many are with you, your family name and how many are with you, so we could be able to track that. But at the bottom of that connection card is that everyone will receive. At the bottom of that connection card is a prayer request that's perforated that will be tore off and those be turned in. And we're going to pray over those every week. Every week we're going to take time to pray over those. And, and I think that's, um, that's vital for us to do as a church body. And so starting this, this prayer initiative, last week I talked about the call to prayer, that God is calling us as a people to pray. The whole, the whole Bible's full of it, right? So there is a call to prayer that we need to answer, but, but I want to deal with the why of prayer. You know, kind of like why pray. Um, Acts 2.42 gives us a, a tremendous insight concerning the early church. They devoted themselves. Everybody say that word devoted. How many of you know that devoted means they were serious about it? I mean... It, it was, a, it was a major life commitment. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I think it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, when we studied Greek um, in the, the master's degree program, uh, very interesting to note in the, in the Greek language, uh, there aren't uh, multiple verbs used in sentences um, if all of the next nouns and events trace back to that same word. And it's very interesting to note that, in, and it's so clearly indicated here in the English translation from the Greek that they devoted themselves and then the case endings on all of these other um, functions, all these other nouns, um, are all matched this one word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to prayer. If you want to read that the way they would read that in ancient Greek, they would see in their minds as they were reading that, they would see the word devoted in front of every one of those because the language all ties back to the same verb. Was that way too deep? Is Dr. Lamp going to come shoot me? I, I saw Pastor Trent just walked in, and he's been out there playing music for that past the young kids out there. And, and, um, and, and he, he and I shared the same Greek professor. Uh, uh, yeah. Dr. Lamp, shoot you. Um, but anyway, I think I used it properly. So some, somebody just, just say, bless him, Lord. The early church set a precedent that amazing things happen when the church does certain things together. 
I asked about our vision, love God, connect with others, serve with excellence. This is a lot about coming together for worship. This is a lot about coming together for connection. And this is a lot about coming together for serving. But none of these functions in our vision, and God gave me this vision almost a decade ago before I ever even knew about the Grow Network or anything. The Grow Network is only six years old. But yet God gave me this vision that God was directing me all the way back then that he wanted us to, to have a church that worshiped together, that met together, and that served together. And then you read, you know, you read this stuff that the early church was doing, and it's a lot the same thing, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And so they were coming together for, for group study and, and group word and even worship later on in, in this chapter as we read on Sunday later on in this chapter it, it talks about and they praise they were praising God together and then to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer so there was these ideas of service and and and, and there was many levels of service in the early church but but it was all tied to this this understanding that there are certain things that we do together that cause amazing things to happen. So we kind of tied this together with Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then... I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. See, if my people will come together and do certain things, and certainly in this instance was specifically focusing on making room for prayer, not just individual prayer, but corporate prayer. So I think the first big why of prayer for us is that when we pray, heaven hears and heaven responds. I mean, I don't know if you can get around that particular why of prayer that God spoke to the people and said, if you will get together and pray, then I will hear from heaven. And then I will forgive your sin. And then I will heal your land. And man, there's a lot of great stuff that can happen when you get that kind of presence happening among people. That when, have you ever, maybe you've experienced it here. I'm not saying that you haven't. I have heard people say that they have. But have you ever been in a circumstance in your life that when you drove into a church, you could feel something in your life shift for the better? Well, that happens when people are praying. You know, I don't think <laughs> we used to we used to have a a, a choir, and um, you know, it was like twenty five or thirty people that were on this platform every week. That we had risers, and so instead of having like a central praise team, this you had this conglomeration going and and I'll never forget you know and we we did it fairly successful it was pretty popular back in the 90s if anybody remember that 
you know, and then that sort of started shifting and praise music became different and the way you presented it became different. So we just kind of kept up with that. But back in those days, I'll never forget, um, not only here, not only would I instruct this group of people on an annual basis, but I was even invited to go to conferences um, in the denomination. I'd go to conferences and, and speak to their worship teams. And most of them had this big, this big thing. And I would talk about, I would talk about um, that you really need to pray for each other. Because some of you will get a solo and some of you won't get a solo. And some of you will be on the front row and some of you won't be on the front row. And if we're not careful in this particular arena, in the arena of music and singing, if you're not careful, you can, you can catch a disease of jealousy. That, well, why didn't, I, why didn't they give me that solo? Why does she always get the solo? Well, praise God. And so I, I, would, always, I would always say that it, it, <laughs> if you will pray for each other, and specifically pray for those that are usually on the front line, it's a, it's a lot harder to be jealous about someone who gets a solo if you actually prayed for them to get it. Are you flowing with me right there? You know, I mean, if you're going, oh God, I'm asking you right now to give Dave Holford a brand new one-ton Dooley Dodge diesel, Lord, with leather seats. I'm praying for, I'm praying for leather seats, and I'm praying for it to have a miraculous CD player so that he can still play the Griffins in, when he does these long trips with Karen. And I'm asking you, Lord, to just let this Dooley have chrome wheels, Lord. Let it have chrome wheels. Well, you know what, if I prayed that and he got that, which I hope he does tomorrow. If I prayed that and he got that, it's going to be really hard for me to be jealous of his truck. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if he come tooling up in here with that dually, and, and I'm standing out there and I'm going. My Nissan truck can go in the bed of that one. He has to go get a man truck. Now I look like I have a girl truck. Are you flowing with me? You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's really hard. If I prayed that blessing into his life, it's hard for me to be jealous about it, isn't it? You see what I'm saying? And so I used to tell people, man, you got, you know, prayer works, man. Prayer works. Prayer does something to a corporate body. It, it, it does something when my people pray, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land, and we all have the opportunity of rejoicing in this amazing benefit that God heard us and that God healed us. Now, if you ever go to a church and there's a spirit of ick there, I-C-K, ick. If you, ever, if you ever go to a church and there's a spirit of ick there, you can pretty much bet they ain't praying together. Well, praise God. I know ain't, ain't a word, but it did show up in someone's dictionary, so it's in at least the Texas dictionary. So, but I'm, I'm telling you that something miraculous happens among people when people follow God's word to pray together. 
Why do we pray? Because heaven hears and heaven responds. And so when we're praying over our church, when we are together praying over our ministries, when we are praying over our nation, when we are together praying over our own lives, it's just something powerful, something amazing happens in our life. And so that, that's, that's one of the whys. That's no way I could, I, I don't have five days to probably pull out every why you could find in the Word of God. But here's another one. Here's another why of prayer, that it brings healing and forgiveness. Now, it's already, it's already demonstrated in the Old Testament, in the verse that I just read to you, that God said that if you'll get together and pray, I will forgive you and I will heal you. All right? But then look at James 5.13. Is, is anyone among you in trouble? So he's talking to a group. Everybody say, it's a group. He, he didn't just ask, are you in trouble? He said, is anyone among you? He's talking to a group of people here. And you, you, you absolutely listen to me. Please. See, because people want to take these verses like this and they want to... They they want to teach all this about how you need to have devotional prayer in your life. He's not talking about devotional prayer right here. He's talking to a group. Well, praise God. I'm, oh, I'm getting way too excited. But anyway. So why do we need to pray together? Because the Word of God speaks to us, and we need to understand the tenses of the language in which we're reading before we go to making something out of it that the Word's not saying. I mean, I totally respect devotional prayer. I mean, I totally, I preach about coffee with God, get in a chair, find daily devotional, pray every day, find a place to pray. But so many times, there is so much of a heavy emphasis on did you do, did you do your, you know, 2, 10, and 4 or whatever, did, did, you, did you do that? There's such a heavy emphasis on that, and, and, and some of us... I mean, I applaud someone like where Baylor works at Every Home for Christ. There's a, the, the, the president of that ministry is Dick Eastman. Dick Eastman invented the one-hour prayer wheel. And for four decades in that man's life, he has spent one hour with God in prayer every day. Hasn't missed a day, not even Christmas. For 40 years. Man, I applaud that. But you know what they're trying to do in that ministry right now? They're trying to build a coalition of people that will pray together because they recognize, I can pray by myself one hour a day and I can do some things, but if I can get a group of people to pray with me, we can do exponentially more. And here, these verses are talking to a group of people. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Let them pray. Get the group Active. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. This is a group activity. 
Pray for each other so that you may be healed. And it says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Can I say it again? I know I said it Sunday. Can I say it again? That there is a clear indication that the righteous person is the one who groups with people for prayer and confession. This is the context in what we're reading here. It takes a group. And so, however you want to slice that, Thank God for devotional prayer. But something of a different sort takes place when we pray together. So, for clarity, the emphasis throughout this scripture is the corporate nature of effective and powerful prayer. Let them pray. Let them sing. Let them call the elders. Pray over them. Anoint them. The Lord will raise them. They will be forgiven. Confess to each other. Pray for each other. This is a corporate experience that brings healing and forgiveness into the body of Christ. Another why of prayer is that it is the effective communication with heaven that brings answers to the earth. It is the effective communication with heaven that brings answers. In our last message, we talked about the widow and the unjust judge being the example of diligence in prayer. That there's a call to prayer. That Jesus said, man, you've got to be sold out to this thing. You've got to be like that widow pound on the door. Do not quit praying. But there's another example in Matthew 21 uh, that, I wa- that I want you to see in, in verse 18. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, Listen. Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. And then he clarifies the whole thing by saying, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I mean, he cursed a fig tree because he wanted to give them a lesson on effective prayer? Yeah. I mean, I think so many times people, you read through that and you totally miss that. You know, you miss that in Sunday school. They talk about Jesus in the winter tree, but they totally miss that. The entire point of the story is that when, that when we pray, there is a vital communication that takes place that answers come. And Jesus went as far to say that prayer moves mountains. And let me tell you, when we pray together, we move mountains together. I mean, I think that's why perhaps, um, and I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not, many of you have been here with me for years, you know, I'm not one of those pastors or preachers that sees a devil under every rock. That just gets on my nerves, blame everything on the devil. I mean, people scapegoat the devil because they just won't straighten themselves up. That's a whole other Bible study. But, but you know what I'm talking about. It just was blame the devil. It's better than saying, well, yeah, no, I was late for work because I slept in. I mean, seriously, the devil didn't do that. But anyway, okay. But I will tell you this, when there are, when there are enemies against the church, 
I think one thing that the enemy of the church would love to do is shut us down from praying together. You know? I mean, I know some of it has to do with busy. I understand the world we live in and all that. But listen, there are people that are making room for it. And that's what we're trying to do here to turn, to, 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 to inject more of a prayer element on Wednesday nights to kind of make it, we're trying to make it as easy and simple for people. You're still going to get a Bible study. You're still going to get uh, worship. You're gonna, but to inject more prayer in this, for us to come here and have more of a prayer mindset setting upon us so that, so that we can do some of the due diligence that needs to be done spiritually to make what we do on the weekends powerfully effective. To make our ministries powerfully effective. I said it last week. I mean, what kind of impact can we make in the lives of 42 families that came to this church yesterday for food? See, I got spies, but. Christy. Anyway, so 42 families. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I wouldn't make a good Russian. I just gave my spy up. So, anyway. My spy from yesterday, it just so happens. I ran into her while she was leaving. That's all there is. But, but listen to me. The, what kind of impact can you make if you have moved mountains for people when they, are, when they get here that they, that they don't face mountains that they would have faced otherwise? I mean, do you know that a lot of people that visit the church for the first time come with already a ton of mental mountains that need to be moved? They're automatically assuming that we don't like them. They're automatically assuming that they're not going to fit in. They're automatically assuming that they're going to be judged. They automatically assume that uh, they're going to be invading someone else's family reunion because that is most churches. I mean, let me back up from that because the tape's rolling. That is many churches. They show up, they don't know anyone. They don't know if they're going to be liked or disliked. They don't know if the bathroom is going to be clean or dirty. They don't, know, they don't know anything. So they kind of come in already with some mental thoughts. It's, well, praise God. I mean, I hear the story of when Dave and Karen Holford up here on the second row, right there, right there, Dave and Karen, right there, with the new Dodge. Yes, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We are agreeing together for that. You know what, the, the Lord ought to give it to you just for the 15 times you've been under the stage with me, the 100 times you've been knee-deep in sewage with me, and the 400 times you've been on the lift with me risking life and limb. First time they came here, they sat on the parking lot forever watching the people as they come in trying to figure out, should we try it or not? Karen gets most of the responsibility for that. Let I me mean, think about that for a second. That's a lot of people. A lot of people say, man, do we go in? Do we not go in? How are they dressed? Are we going to be weird? Are they, are, we gonna, is, are they weird? I mean, we may be a little weird, but at least we're happy weird. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're not like a mean, sad weird. You know what I'm saying? But, but, what, but what, if you just, what if you just bathe that thing in prayer that we just move that mountain in, in the spirit so that when they drive on here, they just feel relaxed. Like, hey, feels like I'm going to a park. You know what I'm saying? You know, people have perceptions, do they not? They, you kind of go in with the paradigm. And so 
What if we just pray that they connect with the right people in the foyer? That they, that they see the things they need to see. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lord, if they don't need to see that scuff on the wall that I noticed today, okay, I noticed a new scuff. If they, Lord, if they don't need to see that scuff, then divert their eyes. I mean, put, put feel in front of that scuff just at the right moment. That, that, that feel can, in the spirit, go, I just feel like I need to step over here for a minute. And you know what? See, God can do crazy stuff like that if we would just have a culture of prayer. So I believe in this stuff. I believe in this stuff. told the children's ministry workers, they said, like, man, we don't feel like we ever get caught up. It seemed like every time we get one painted, we need to paint again. We need to do this. I say, you know what? The regular need for maintenance and upkeep is one of the biggest blessings that we could ever experience as a church because it means we actually are ministering to somebody. If there were no kids in that room, we would never have to worry about painting it again. But because there are kids in there, that's a new way to look at that, isn't it? Because we are using the facilities. Because we are, you know, I mean, there's some churches out there that they're in their building one hour a week and they don't have to do as much upkeep as someone that's okay. Anyway, I'm just thankful that we're ministering to people. Even if we do have to fix things. But do you understand what I'm saying? That, that we can pray that, that mountains would be moved in the lives of people. What, what about that individual that comes, that's a part of our church body that comes and has faced tragedies such as the ones that we face this week? Don't you think there should be some corporate prayer over that family to move some mountains? Confusion? Grief? It's important. Another why of prayer, and I'm closing, is that it brings corporate strength. It kind of goes back to what I was saying about the choir of years gone by. It's hard to be jealous of someone that you've prayed a blessing on. It's difficult to gossip about someone with whom you have prayed for their need. Ooh, got quiet there. Woo! I just don't think there should be gossip. I think it's just the most ridiculous thing on the face of the planet to sit around and get enjoyment out of people falling and stuff. That's just okay. I think so unique about the early church said confess your sins. They weren't afraid that it was going to hit the National Enquirer. Because they understood when we do this, there's healing. Well, praise God. I feel like I'm all alone. I am so lonely. Corporate prayer brings strength to a body. Even in times of adversity... Long scripture reading. Follow with me on the screens. Acts 4.23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. 
and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together. Don't y'all just love that word together? They raised their voices together in prayer. See, this is coming off the very first experience that this newfound church had in persecution. Peter and John had, Jesus had ascended, the Holy Spirit fell, church grew by 3,000 people in a single day. They really had the ball rolling. Peter and John walk into the gate, beautiful, to go to pray in a corporate prayer meeting. And on the way there, they find a lame man, said to the lame man, we have no money, but we got a lot of Jesus that man was healed and it brought a wave of persecution to them because the Jewish leaders thought they fixed this Jesus problem by killing him. Now suddenly Jesus' disciples are acting way too much like Jesus for their comfort. So they come back and they, they say this, and, 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 the, and the people together raised their voices in prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nation rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Just something happened, man. This is not the only example through the book of Acts of these corporate prayer meetings that brought enormous, effective strength, ability, power to the early church, and they faced diabolical persecution. They discovered when we pray together, we stay together. And we pray together, we grow stronger together. And they were able to leave that place with boldness. See, that's what I would like to do in corporate prayer is to strengthen the church, strengthen the body of Christ so that we can leave this place with boldness. God wants us to be strong. Last week we closed, you stand with me. Last week we closed this session with, and, and you can go on iTunes and Stitcher and listen to it. I'm not going to go through the, um, the format that we're talking about with the prayer guides and all of, all of that that you're going to be getting. We'll simply say this, that God has given us, given us an order, a way to make room for us to build a culture of prayer here in our church. In conjunction with that, there are two dates that I want you to put on your calendar. One is for October, October 7th and 8th. We're going to be hosting a prayer, a school of prayer here at our church with Marcus Meyer in Baylor who run the prayer ministry at Every Home for Christ. They're going to be here on a Friday and a Saturday. They're going to stay through Sunday, but that's October the 7th and 8th that the, the prayer is going to be Friday night. It's going to be Saturday 
during the day, and we are going to have sign-ups for that. It's a free event, but we are going to have sign-ups for that uh, so that they'll know what kind and how much material to bring for that. And then on January, I know this is a long way away, but you, I want you to start programming Obrano. January the 8th through the 28th. It's a 21-day span that we're going to join with over 300 Grow Network churches for 21 days of prayer and fasting. All right? When that time gets closer, we will give you instructions on the fasting part because most everybody in this room went, they don't want me to eat for 21 days. Okay? That it, there, are, there are multiple ways to take care of this 21. In other words, you've got to really, I'll be honest with you, the people that do go 21 days with, with, with only water, if you are not called by God to do that, it can be very bad for your health. Okay? There are, there are people that feel directly called to do that. And those people feel such a call, there's such an anointing that they, they like gain weight while they're doing it. It's a miraculous thing. All right? And so, and so, you know, we'll have schedules for the fasting. Not all of the fasting is food. Uh, some of you might just need to take a good old fast off of social media. So that every time you say, well, what's the purpose of fasting? I'm going to explain it again. Fasting creates focus. If you're, for instance, if you're fasting during the day, like breakfast and lunch, or you're eating maybe one meal a day, when you, feel, when you feel those hunger pains or when you feel like you want to go get something to eat, that feeling causes you to think about God because you're fasting. Do you see what I'm saying? And so it redirects your focus. It's giving up something in order to concentrate or focus on God. So I, fa I have fasted social media, and every time I wanted to look at Facebook, I thought, well, no, I'm, I'm giving that as a sacrifice right now to the Lord. And it made me think about the Lord. Many times when I thought that, then I'd go, God, I just thank you today for what you're doing in my life. And you end up praying because suddenly your focus is shifted. Does that make sense? Fasting is not about earning brownie points with God. Well, if I skip five meals, God has to give me $500. It don't work that way. Okay? It's not about making God feel sorry for you. God's not going to feel sorry for you, all right? It's just not in his nature to go, oh, man, that's really bad. Wow, wish I wouldn't have known you were going to do that. No, see, I see God, okay, anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> fasting is about helping you focus, that it, it, you're, you're giving something up in order to direct your focus toward God. Does that make sense? And when you crave that something, you're going to think back to the one you're craving it for. Hope that makes sense. So, January the 8th through the 28th, um, I am so sold out for this that I was supposed to go to the Philippines. They were planning on, on leaving a, uh, the middle of the month, and I have informed them that I cannot leave my church until January the 30th, that I will commit to go to the Philippines with them if they leave on January the 30th. Because I ain't going to have you do this and me go around the world and eat all day. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead and bring me another one of those airplane meals. Church is starving to death. You with me on that? I'm sold out for it. 
So next month, listen, I'm excited about the connection cards. I, I know some of you are thinking, you, you want me to fill one of those out? Hey, listen, at the Church of the Highlands, 44,000 people a week last week fill one out. Come on, you can do it. All right? And then secondly, it'd be a great opportunity for our guests. When our guest comes, we're, we'll be able to get some information back there at guest relations and love on our guests a little bit, give them a little, little token. But on the bottom of that will be a prayer card. And we will, we will spread those prayer cards out on this platform every week. And you'll be able to, when there's a 20-minute segment of personal prayer, you'll be able to come up here and grab two or three of those and pray for them. And bring them back and somebody else can grab them. It's really a great deal. We will also be handing prayer cards out to children in, in our children's ministry on Sundays. We're going to pray for a lot of dogs. Every four-year-old requests prayer for their dog. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray for their dog. We are. So the children on Sundays will be getting prayer cards, and those prayer cards will be out here on Wednesdays. Don't want to sound fun? And so, so there'll be worship through all of that. I'll, I'll, I'll just... I'll, um, um, but as it comes closer, you'll understand more about that. But I'm telling you what, there's a lot of reasons why we should do this. And I'm loving Jesus. Pray with me. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your love. I ask that you would bless us now in Jesus' name as we, as we go forth into the rest of this week. And, and may, may what we experience on Sunday be so beneficial to people your presence would be here and that you would truly move mountains. People would be affected by your word, by the worship, help the band, help us to do good. It's declared that, that we would be good for people so that they would not be distracted. I just ask in Jesus' name that our greeters greet with great greeterness and our parking lot crew parks with efficiency and joy all the way down the line, that we are just the church that we're supposed to be to affect people for the better. God, I pray right now with my family for Kelsey and Joe. Very difficult, 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 difficult day we're facing on Friday. And I'm just believing and asking for your comfort and your peace on that family. Help us. Help us to help them. God, we're going to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Before you leave.